0: Welcome back ladies and gentlemen I know it's been a long time to the latest edition of the Woke Worlds. of course I'm your co-host Big Waz and I'm joined by my comrade oh aka Wazzy it's been so long I forgot my damn intro yeah you forgot
1: the intro Come I on.
0: forgot to say what the people also know me as my government name um <laughs> and I'm joined as always by my homie man my brother my comrade out on the west side Nando Vila what's up man
1: how's it going baby how you doing
0: man I'm good I've been I've been
1: traveling dude I'm sorry I'm doing doing a lot
0: man abandoned your boy doing a lot of you going to Spain you popping the uh Tully ride you all over the damn place man uh it's crazy when you a mogul out here boy (laughs) (laughs) someone's
1: got to bring home the bacon you know that's
0: right that's right and so on today's show You know, we we try to talk about sports in a limited capacity, but every now and again a sports story happens that we just, we have to, have to, have to address it. And it's Brett Favre and his homies raiding the welfare fund in Mississippi um, to, you know, basically fund his own endeavors. Uh, it's, It's just an incredible, incredible story that has to do with like Deion Sanders and Brett Favre's kid yeah. happened to play volleyball. It's it's the most ridiculous story, and just you know, the misappropriation of government funds, and it's just a lot to it. Uh, we'll get into that at the end of the show. But I wanted to talk about something that I feel like to me is the hot button issue in politics right now. Um, more so than inflation. More so than climate change, more so than, you know, the fucking fake CRT, critical race theory shit that we see that right wingers are trolling people with. To me, the crime situation in the country is like the hot button issue because everybody has an opinion and people are like passionate about crime um even if it's the people that are like chill dude it's not even as bad as it was in 1988 like relax bro like don't get your panties in a bunch dude even those people who take that tack to what's happening um with crime in this country are really passionate about that position um and then of course you know you got the abolitionists and you got the uh you know police reform you got people that's just straight up like we need to prosecute fucking criminals like there's all kinds of science sides of this and I want to get into what made me want to talk about this uh I was on Twitter and a homie that I follow uh his I forget his name but his his at name is um queer socialism And he tweeted out something about yo, I can't believe the creator of the wire uh try to get me to think mass incarceration is but he used you know the kind of language that people use, right? It's like oh, like the he used the, the the snarky language that's in fashion with people on the left. I don't recommend using that language. Because it's legible to people like me and Nando and, and most of the people that might listen to the show, but it's just inaccessible and it comes off a certain way, even if you're right, like you're wrong, right? Um, In those instances, I just, that's just our position here at the Wolpros, like don't do that, whatever. And David Simon, the creator of The Wire, he goes on this long ass tweet thread where he's basically like, look, man, like they're not pro- like police ain't. The clearance rates are down in Baltimore. The murder rate has damn near doubled. And guess what? Me as a white dude out here in Baltimore, my likelihood of being hurt or murdered has not gone up. The people these 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 crimes are concentrated in the areas of the most marginalized people in the community. And so people like you can can tweet from your nice little apartment and be like, "Oh, we don't think the police should lock anybody up or arrest anybody and we need to do away with this and we need to appropriate the funds to social workers." But like the people who are experiencing the brunt of this crime wave, man, like they don't feel like that cuz they right there in the trenches and I just think there's so many directions that the crime thing goes and then of course you know, somebody else comes in and is just like cites an article where the people that uh David David Simon championed in um The Corner or whatever. The, the, the book that was about the cops that he dropped in 1990, a bunch of their cases are being overturned and wrongful convictions and all of that shit. And it becomes this whole mess. <laughs> but, you know, I just wanted to talk about crime because I want to know. Where you're at with it, like both the discussion and what like the solutions that are being presented and just how our audience. I don't want to tell our audience how to think about it, but I do want to offer them with our perspective about what's going on. Um,
1: I think that the crime issue, I mean, I think you're right that it's become one of the more salient political issues right now. Um, more than it was, say, ten. Or I can't years remember ago. the last time it was yeah. like this. Um, I also get the sense that it's just a hugely winning argument for the right yeah. <laughs> and a huge driver of, of people to the right. Um, I recommend everyone to check out a, an issue of Jacobin that came out earlier, I think last year, um, where the, the cover just said lower the crime rate and it's a whole issue dedicated to crime and the ins and outs, the, the different debates, the solutions, et cetera. But I want to read some basic numbers on some basic polling numbers on crime that was cited in the in that lead article, which was called lower the crime rate. And it's pretty simple to me. I mean, it, here it is. It says polling shows that 86 percent of all Americans, 86 percent of all Americans want the police to spend the same amount of time or more in their neighborhood. But whatever conservatives say, that doesn't mean that there's a budding Blue Lives Matter coalition in the country. Americans also indicate that they want a different type of policing. 58% say the policing requires major changes, and 79% think police violence is a serious problem. So, I mean, I think it's it's all right there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Americans want police, and they want police to do their jobs and protect them. Um, and they don't want police to just, like, murder people. I, I don't know. Like, I think it's pretty... I think that's that's kind of the crux of it. It's not... One or the other, um, I think that the the twin issues of of you can't understand crime without understanding the lack of social welfare that exists in the United States. I mean, I think that that's just incontrovertible. Uh, I was just maybe I was just in Europe, and in Europe the crime rate is just lower. It just is, you know, especially the violent crime rate. Um, there's some petty, you know there's petty crime; they'll pick your pocket or something. But uh, violent crime is just drastically lower in Europe than it is in the United States. Europe was not a particularly peaceful country not that long ago. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was really. Transformed I mean, shit, by... man,
0: they were letting bombs off in Ireland and freaking the UK. Yeah. Come on, now. Yeah,
1: I mean, Italy throughout the 1970s was like just like a fucking you know cesspool of of terror, political terrorism, and things like that. Um, and I think you can't understand the, the drop in the crime rate in Europe without the understanding that in Europe they implemented social democracy to a degree that they didn't do it in the United States. Um, the United States just simply doesn't provide as much social assistance to its people, especially its poorer people than other countries. And I think that that's a huge issue when you're thinking about crime. Um, I did an interview for The Jacobin Show back when I was doing it with a guy named Adonir Ismani, who I highly recommend uh, reading or checking out that interview or whatever. But he explains why America why America is so policed or violently policed, why there is mass incarceration, and why the crime rate is so high. Because the the crime rate in America is high compared to other developed countries. And it basically has to do with the way the American uh, capitalist economy was industrialized. Um, America, as you know, uh, was a slave society for, for during the 19th century, right when capitalism was industrializing. Um, and whereas other countries that were industrializing at the time, say England or whatever was industrializing with its own peasant population, like, you know, moving peasants from the fields into the factories in the United States, because there were slavery, they didn't move those people into the factories. So the factories needed people to work. And so they imported a bunch of fucking Irish Europe, yeah. and Italians <laughs> and Germans and shit, you know? So the industrial working class that emerged in those times were these white Europeans that really kind of were the the driver of the industrial revolution in the United States because black people were kept in the south. By the time black people moved north the, party the industri- was over, baby. deindustrialization yeah, it was just starting. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why black people were kind of sheltered, you know, were kind of shoved into these ghettos in the inner cities. Um, extremely poor, with no social services, at a time when deindustrialization was happening, um, and the United States never instituted social welfare. So these ghettos were created with incredibly high crime rates, um, and and it's true. Like if you look at any movie from the 1970s in New York or whatever, it's like the fucking, it's like a, you know, it's a war zone out there, it's a hell state, um, Yeah. So. America, that's one of the reasons why America is so over policed and so and, and put so many people in jail is because there is just this fucking insanely high crime rate because of that, because of the way the cities in America didn't uh, industrialize with its own native population, created this kind of excess population that was put into ghettos, which basically just resorts to crime. So. I think like the the, the the debate is kind of always so um focused on it's, it's individual evils and things yeah, like that. Yeah it's
0: you know? it's oh the debate is always this either we're fighting crime or we're not essentially yeah we're poli- like policing the problem. Um it's yeah. never about what are the factors that contribute to a person becoming the kind of person who commits violent crimes or becomes yeah. a thief, et cetera. It's never like, why don't we address that? How are we producing yeah. that kind of citizen? It's like, all right, how do we get the cops somewhere to stop this? It's never yeah. like, let's stop it at its ruins. You know, when, when you talk about someplace like Baltimore or you talk about someplace like Chicago, or you talk about someplace like New York or whatever, um, it's hard for me in certain places To be like, yeah, we need to get the cops out of there. Where it's just like, I I mean, are we, we're still doing a drug war. Like it's still, there's still money in selling crack and cocaine and heroin and fentanyl and all of that. And like policing those industries only happen one way. So there's that. Then there's like desperation that a lot of these um, things uh, produce. Like we can't. We can't not deal with the social welfare situation and have a situation where you know we have this underground drug economy where people know like this is a way to get paper. It's not like they could get a job at the Ford plant, make it six figures, get a dope apartment, buy a crib. Those options aren't available. So and then, you know, it's another thing that you were somebody who hit me to this the The fact that somebody could be having a dope ass lunch in Hollywood outside somewhere, rocking their Rolex next to a fucking tent city. And it's like, like literally, like, like actually literally next to a block where a row of seven tents people live at, like they don't do that shit in other countries. Like you don't roll up in a fucking Maserati to eat brunch and drink bottles of wine that cost two hundred dollars next to a tent city anywhere else they don't do this so it's yeah. also that we're putting this shit in people's faces like yeah. how are they not gonna commit crimes bust people over the head for this shit? <laughs> yeah. well the other thing is that you know so when you talk to like you
1: know police uh, uh, you know criminal justice activists will say like you know you defund the police and then you move it over to social yeah. services the, the problem is that if you took away, like, if you reduced every single police budget to zero and put that into social service, it would be a drop in the bucket in terms of how many social services are needed to fix the problem. The problem is that you've got, like, there's got to be some sacrifices made by by someone else. You know, More like, plainly, the rich people. Yeah, they just got to gotta tax the fuck. Like, America is under tax. The rich people in America are under tax. The, the state coffers are depleted. Like, there's a huge, like, the cost to fix the issue through social spending is, like, Astronomical compared to the cost to fix the issue, quote unquote, or at least mitigate the issue through
0: with cops. Yeah.
1: Cops are cheaper, sad mm-hmm. to say. Um, so I think what 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 Americans basically are asking for, but the debate never really kind of addresses, is that people want crimes to be solved. American cops don't aren't trained to, to solve many crimes. Like there's like you know detectives buying bus, buying buying
0: bus. Yeah, Rip and run. So, get your yeah, stats. So, get your OT.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so there are some reform issues that are that are to be done that aren't necessarily about defunding but like if there is there should be a bigger emphasis on crime solving. Like I think if you look at the percentage of crimes that get solved in America like they're dropping the yeah. percentage. You know what I mean? Uh And you know the like-
0: statistics that show that uh, a lot of the crimes and like they always tell this famous story in New York City um about how they fixed a lot of the crime in the subway where like they they fucking tracked on a map what time and where the crimes were happening it was like it's like 15 people just riding the subway and committing the crimes like we locked those fools up this shit is over um and so like it does end up being like certain people committing all of the like a small percent of people very small percent of people committing all of the crimes right and so like yeah actually getting those people situated would would go a long way solving crimes would go a long way
1: <laughs> yeah yeah solving fucking crimes yeah yeah um yeah i mean and again i think the debates um you know, it's kind of a surefire way to win elections is to, you know, if it's that's what's so kind of bleak about the situation is that, you know, some D.A. somewhere will institute some reform, which probably is good, you know, or whatever. And then someone will commit a crime and that's, I mean, may or may not be tied to the reform or not, but it's very easy for the politician running against them to tie them oh to it. God. So um, easy. You know, there's the famous like Willie Horton uh, playbook uh, from back in the 90s, like the, the George H.W. Bush. Uh, that guy actually did commit the crime based off of the reform that I think it was Dan Quayle or, or whoever it was uh, um, did or Dukakis. I, don't, I think my whatever. Um, and and that was like actually like a guy who did benefit from the reform and then committed the crimes. You know what I mean? But it, it doesn't mean that it wasn't kind of a heinous thing to do. But uh, <laughs> right now you don't even have to do that. you just like, yeah, yep. you know. This reform, there you go. This someone, someone's kid got killed. There you go. You can't never do. It. So it's 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 dispiriting in an age when when you know the the real thing that America needs. You know, like I don't know. We always talk about it. It's kind of boring, but Medicare for all would fix a lot of crime. You know, mm-hmm. fix a lot more crime than than you think. Um, it wouldn't fix all the crime. There would be still right. crime, but it would lower the crime rate. Medicare for all. Um, these kind of big social, big, robust social services. Uh, and I'm not talking about like criminal rehabilitation services and all that shit. That's that shit's a drop in the bucket. I'm talking about less poor people, more opportunity, more secure lives, more stability in the social system. All that shit reduces crime. Yep. Um, so any reform that does that, that is a great way to do it. Um, and I think if you talk to Bernie, for example, he would say that. You know, he would like when you when he if you ask him about crime or policing or whatever, he wouldn't like go into the the actual nitty gritty of policing. He'll just pivot away to like, you know, we need to reduce inequality. We need to like give people more opportunities and we need to and we need to get Medicare for all. And that would be.
0: Yeah. And I think there's there's a tendency to want to dismiss, you know, quote unquote, liberal elites who are look, they have been out loud on their platforms in, you know, your liberal sort of outlets like the New York Times or The Post or whatever, or Twitter, blue check people who are just, you know, they're describing American cities as a hellscape, right? And I, and I understand the tendency to want to dismiss those people. But I will say just anecdotally, like, I know people in New York City who I grew up with, literally taking the train with them at three in the morning, four in the morning, leaving clubs, drunk together. Um, And homies would be like, wow, like, this shit is not what you remember. The train yeah. station, the subway system, ain't what you remember. This shit is fucked. I'm talking about people I grew up with. Granted, yeah, you know, they're, they're, you know granted some of these people are, they're black elites now. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, 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 like I do have to offer that caveat, but like people that... I wouldn't say are predisposed to being scared to ride the train fam. Like they're not predisposed to overstate what's going on in the New York city subway. And they're just like, bruh, it's something that I'm actively avoiding. Like the crime, the craziness, the unpredictability, the fact that you can't trust the police to do anything about it. Like, I've heard these stories firsthand, you know what I'm saying, from a myriad of people in New York City. Right. So there is the like the, you know, the instinct to want to ignore any, you know, sort of lib who's talking about what are we doing about the cities like this homeless shit and the crime is fucked up. And, you know, basically we living in fucking uh, New York from taxi driver. You know what I'm saying? Like there's people that's going to do that. But I think some of it is legitimate, and more importantly, it's animating how people feel politically. Um, it's turning people more reactionary and right wing.
1: Totally, because I mean, obviously, the 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 suburbanite who's never going to be the victim of crime kind of sees it on TV and all that stuff, and 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 is reactionary <laughs> because of that. But but the the actual victims of crime, like as you mentioned, you know, the actual victims of crime, the vast majority of them are the working class. You know, black and brown people, uh, you know, the the average victim of crime worldwide is a worker commuting to and from their place of employment. That's just the reality of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of frustrating and it's it's frustrating to see that, again, the, the most kind of hysterical people often are, are like well-to-do suburbanites who will never, never have to be the victims of crime. Um, but there is, there is a, there is a, I think it is a contributor to, um, the sort of declassification, if that makes sense of American politics and that a lot of working class people are moving over to, uh, to the Republicans, especially Latinos. Um, you're starting to see that more and more. And I don't think it's indistinguishable from, from the crime issue. Um, I think it's probably one of the big drivers as well. So, yeah, I mean. Listen, past Medicare for all, that would be great. (laughs) That
0: would be a a nice, nice uh, start. So we can move on to that. So something that's like fucked up, but equally funny. uh, And that's the Brett Favre in Mississippi story. Uh, And I'm not going to lie, Nando. Like when I saw it, I just saw the headline, like Brett Favre got caught stealing from the welfare funds in Mississippi uh, to get paid for speeches and volleyball and his daughter. And I was just like, this is, you know, this is not something I really want to pay attention to. And then it became one of these weird things, which is an aside, but like, that Ime Adoka situation happened, and there were people that were just like, If you're more mad at Ime Adoka than Brett, it's like it became like this weird wedge issue out of nowhere, which, whatever, I just yeah. wasn't really participating in it. But, you know, just a little bit that I did skim, and what it seems like to me is that when there's a monopoly on political power, the corruption can be way more brazen. Like yeah. when there's just absolutely positively no challenge to the political power of the people in charge, like they can do this type of shit and not even think twice about it. Um, because the details are just fucking insane. Like, you you really like this, like you gave this guy a million dollars for a speech and that how he you recon- no, that he
1: never gave that
0: he, never, that he gave, never gave, and how you reconciled it was from the welfare budget who we but yeah nando you got into some of this what, do, what were your highlights from the brett Favre in well, mississippi the, debacle
1: well first there's the funny stuff i mean it's sad obviously but it's kind of funny um which is the the actual crimes of brett Favre, but also many others i mean brett Favre was just one of many i mean He's what happened a celebrity, were,
0: so his name is out there
1: yeah but they were they were these people in mississippi were treating the the welfare fund what they call the TANF uh uh fund Basically, as their own personal slush fund to give to their friends and pet causes and whatever fucking companies they invested in and whatever, as much as almost $100 million basically got swindled from the Mississippi Welfare Fund, which Mississippi, by the way, is the poorest state in America. (sighs) Uh, You know, so. um, And I think it's one of the only, like, my percentage
0: of, of population is the blackest state in America, if I'm not mistaken as well.
1: Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, for example, there's really funny ones where Brett Favre was given money from the welfare fund to build an indoor football facility so that he could recruit Deion Sanders' son to Southern (laughs) Miss. Deion Sanders' son is like one of the nation's top uh, quarterback recruits out of high school, <laughs> <laughs> and Brett Favre wanted to play. So the fucking welfare, so the governor gave him money to build a fucking indoor oh, practice. Oh to, money to recruit uh, Deion Sanders. It's like the '90s, like '90s NFL that I grew up on is like it's coming back, baby. Yeah. Brett Favre, it's Deion Sanders. You know, they're stealing the yes. welfare. It's great.
0: Somebody um, find Andre Risen.
1: Yeah, Andre Risen. We didn't his, didn't left Eye burn yeah, down his house? yeah she burned his
0: house. Yep, she burned his house. Down. That's. Acts. How is
1: that not like an eight-part uh, documentary? Yeah, it should <laughs> be. Like, <I> would, really, <laughs> it let's should pitch be. that. Well, let's pitch that. Yeah, uh,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, um, and so you know, there's like all kinds of funny stuff like that. There's the leaked text messages from Brett Favre to the to the guy from to the guy from the government, and he was like, "Is there any way the media can find out about this and how much I get paid and how much the, and where the money came from?" <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Narrator: <laughs> The
0: After media fun, did find out. Oh,
1: they did God. find out. It's like way more embarrassing than Brett Favre's leaked text messages to what was it Jen Sturt? What was the name of the of the sideline reporter Sturt.
0: that he said mm-hmm. that he said sent to, to? Uh, to his uh, yeah his Red when he Rocky. Was, <laughs> when you was playing for
1: your New York Football Jets or whatever.
0: Yes, uh,
1: yes he was. <laughs> so there's the funny stuff, but then you kind of get to the the. The the sort of broader analysis as to why this happened or how this could happen, and you know my hot take is that this is all Bill Clinton's fault, um, mm. because what this stems from is Clinton's famous, maybe most famous law that he passed in 1996, which is welfare reform, um, so called welfare reform, which basically ended the FDR um, era, you know the New Deal era passed by FDR, um, assistance to uh, you know needy families program that existed under the social security administration and which was which was administered by the federal government directly to the people um and they they changed it in 1996 uh, during the welfare reform law to do these kind of block grants to the states in which they just give the state a bunch of money and then the state can do whatever they want with it i mean they're supposed to give it to poor people and there's some guidelines they got to follow but like really whoever the governor is there and the political system they just take that federal money and they're no, just I like, understand. I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. I can build a, vol- a $5 million volleyball I mean, stadium. That's
0: even, that's even worse than the um, Medicare, Medicaid mandate um, the, from Obamacare. Cause it's like, at least like, cause they got the choice to just straight up say, no, we don't want Medicaid here at no cost to us. Just, we just rather cruelty. Cause we hate the black dude. Like this is just straight up. Like, no, here's the cash and do with it as you please it's not even tied to like a a program. It's just money.
1: Yeah. No. And so that, and that's what this was. It's like, they were just taking federal money that was given to Mississippi meant to its poor people. And they were just like here, Brett Favre invested in a biotech company that he, you know, that he wants to make happen, which is supposed to create a cure for concussions. Uh, Yeah. Let's give that company $2 billion to to boost uh, Brett Favre's investment in it. You know, Um, that's what they were doing with it. And it's, 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 it goes to show, um, first of all, I mean, just Brett Favre is just seems like a, just an odious fucking human being. I mean, um, Sa- Sage Rosenfels, remember the quarterback? He used to play for the Dolphins. Of but he's also Brett Favre's mm-hmm. teammate on, in the Vikings. He tweeted out something like, uh, you know, I've been lucky in my post playing career that I never stole money from my state's poorest citizens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's, it's I never insane. accidentally did
1: that. Never accidentally did that. But, um, I mean, it, a lot of this was done under the guise of charity, right? Like, Brett Favre mm-hmm. has, like, a bunch of charities for the needy and for kids who were abused and blah, 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 blah. All that shit's bullshit. Like, never donate yeah. to charity. Like, this, just don't do it, you know? Yep. It's just not a good – they're so corrupt. It's so easily corruptible. It's so easily – you know, manipulated, like the money goes to whatever like the percentage the money
0: of money, money that actually goes to what the charity yeah. is about is always like minuscule. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, and this is like
1: one of the things that, you know, people always say about America, it's like, oh, we have low taxes. There's all these billionaires, but you know, we they have, we have bigger charities than any other country. That's true. You know America does have yeah, more charities and bigger
0: charities but it's a fucking grift yeah like are, yeah. are like are there so like do we do we have a dearth of people that need charity in this country that's bullshit like no. if anything we're overflown with people that need charity
1: yeah so yeah I mean it's uh it's kind of like the perfect 2022 story in that it's it's got some celebrities it's got some throwbacks to the 90s um it's basically you know the chickens coming home to roost from um you know, basically neoliberalism, which was which Bill Clinton kind of solidified by being the kind of left neoliberal, if that makes sense. You know, like he yep. was the first Democratic president who was really a neo. I mean, you know, you can argue Carter or whatever, but like, right. really, it started under Reagan and then Bush and then kind of was given bipartisanship through uh, Slick Willie. And, uh, you know, the effects of that are being felt today. Um, that welfare reform law doubled extreme poverty in this country, like basically overnight. Um One of the most heinous things that anyone's ever done in America, which was, you know, um, our boy Bill Clinton. And uh, boy, did
0: he play the hell out of that sax on Arsenio Wall, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the first first, black president.
1: president. (laughs) How did they get away with that? How
0: did they get away with that? How did they get away with that? How did they get away with that? Like, Uh, he was the first black president because he got his dick sucked while he was at work. Like, that was part of it. Like that was the whole part of the appeal. Like, oh, he's yeah. like this slick talking, smooth hustler type of dude, which he is and was. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. actually true. Is. But that's actually true. But it's you know it's pretty racist to say that's what made him um a, a blackish uh, kind of funny. yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, dude, I think up, this, uh, up on the Mississippi grift Um, again, man, like the, the the Republicans got that thing monopolized down in Mississippi. It's one of the reddest, most reliably red states in the union, if not the most. It might be literally the reddest state in the union. And when you have that level of unchecked power, this is the shit you get, bro. Like yeah. bre- just Brett Favre's kid is only going to be at that school for four years. Yeah. And they're stealing tens fucking of women's volleyball. Yeah, you know? It's crazy, bro. And they're stealing tens of millions of dollars. A Five
1: million dollar stadium in southern Mississippi for women's volleyball? Or I guess I guess men's could play there too, but volleyball?
0: Who gives a shit about volleyball?
1: <laughs> it's insane. Five million dollars?
0: How much could it cost? It's insane, dude. dude. Insane. Um and anyway, man, there's your dose of American corruption. Uh, we'll be back next week of course become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash count the dings it'll cost you a couple Starbucks a month um, to do so support a lot of the content that we're doing out there shouts to my man Sean uh, producer Sean on the fucking ones and threes and uh, yeah we'll see you guys next week peace
1: Later.